Interabang. Uh, it's nice to, nice to be back with you. It's been a while, um, but we're glad to have you, have you here. How are you doing, Michelle? Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, no, thanks for having me as well. Uh, get excited to spend some time with, with you two. Um, I'm feeling a little tired, honestly. Um, I'm feeling a little bit tired today. I think, uh, just kind of been, uh, kind of a busier than usual past couple of days. And, you know, when the adrenaline rush kind of wears off, you're just feeling like that after effect crash a little bit. Like you're just like kind of chronically tired. Yes. Because you I felt just... like that the whole week. Like I've slept <laughs> at night and then I wake up in the morning and I go do my thing. Yeah. And then, you know, two hours later, I'm ready to fall asleep for the rest of the day again. Really? Yeah. Bad. Yeah. That's interesting. No. Yeah. Yeah. So I've just kind of been observing that in myself and uh, in terms of feeling kind of a lot towards the concept of weight um, and just how that changes so much perception of, of your weight. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's, for me, it's like, yeah, there's, you know, the weight, your perceived weight of yourself of like, yeah, when you eat a full meal, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so heavy versus like first time in the morning, you know, you're lighter, but I'm talking more of like, I just like weight, like, you know, the material, like right, right, right now I feel like I'm made of like super heavy sandbags or something. Like, like stress weight, just kind of like bringing you down or just. Yeah. Like I just, I just like, I feel like more like lethargic. Okay. Like I'm just like, like if I had like to lift myself right now, I'd be, like, I'd be so heavy. And especially like in my, my mid midsection area, like my like lower trunk area, um, like on my pelvis, it's just like, it's so heavy. So like if I were trying, like asked to like jump rope or like skip or something, it would just be this like, like this, like my like moment. Leaden, of, leaden feeling. Yeah. Like my moment of inertia is so heavy and I'm so large right now. Um, but just like thinking about, yeah, if that's because I'm storing, like you said, like storing certain stress or tension and just how that brings about this perception of additional weight. Um, and just, you know, like the, the phrase that we've kind of built around this of like, oh, you know, is it what's weighing you down? Or, yeah. you know, what do you want to, what do you want to get off of your chest? I need to get something off of my chest. There's has this, this element of weight. Or like what helps lift you up? Yeah, what lifts you up? That's so uplifting. And um, you're not like actually... I mean, sometimes, yeah, maybe when you're happier, some people may in general like have a different type of posture, but I, I would say not necessarily. Um, but I'm just trying to think about like, you know, is it sometimes, is, is it a bad thing? Like, we, so like right now for me, I'm tired. I'm feeling this like extra weight. Are you questioning the very nature of gravity? Are you questioning <laughs> Isaac Newton? And a couple others as well. The great and almighty rationalist. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I just wanted to kind of think about that and think about like, well, is it okay if I'm just kind of more subdued and weighed down right now? It's like when you're like, it's like when you're saturated, like water, you just have like that water weight. Like you, when you're like wearing clothes and you get drenched in the rain and you just, it feels so much heavier. Yeah. And like, I don't know. It feels like it's okay to be like that. It's kind of like nice and slumbering in a way, um, but it's you know it just makes the times where you're feeling a lot lighter 
that much better. Um, yeah, you, and you kind of like when you're feeling better, you kind of forget that that feeling of weightedness. Yeah. Like you, you know that you had it at one point, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like it's like when you heal from a pain, like a cut or a wound or like a broken leg. I know I just went from zero to sixty really quick, but <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, like you you can't really remember the actual pain. You, you were like, oh yeah, it, it was hugely you know painful and you know like really bad but you know you can't re-enact relive that pain because that yeah yeah so that's probably a good thing mm-hmm. otherwise I, just be crawling around i do i do have something to add as a brief story terabang <laughs> i don't know if you have any of these of like things as a child that your parent kind of like had you do or something and like looking back now you're like well that was Okay, I'll tell the story, then you can kind of know what I'm saying. Um, but like, you're like, when you kind of realize, well, that was kind of cheap or something, you're like, wow, I took them so seriously as a child. But I just remember distinctly, um, we went on a family vacation when I was young uh, to Disney World, I believe. Um, and, you know, that's an all-day ordeal. You're out of the park. Um, you're just waiting in lines and all that. It's pretty tiring. And my dad would always bring a backpack with the snacks and supplies and sunscreen and water and stuff for everybody. And yeah, so since it's all day out there, it's pretty heavy. And sometimes in those lines for rides, you're waiting for, you know, it could be an hour plus or something. And you're just kind of standing, shuffling along. And for some reason he had, he created this game. I mean, I'm a, I was a very like, gullible child who just loved like making fun games out of everything um but he was like hey you know let's play a game you'd be really cool if you wear if you put on the backpack michelle i'm like eight or something i'm very small um you wear this backpack and like when we get about to get on the ride like i'll let you take it off and you'll just you'll feel like you could float and levitate and i was like (laughs) oh my gosh oh boy so we we did that like every day like for most rides um (laughs) and i realized now it's because my dad was just like tired of carrying the backpack um but it was true i mean yeah when you took off this i don't know 25 pound plus backpack yeah yeah and you're a smaller framed child and after an hour of wearing that you really felt like you like my shoulders were like raising up feels towards my ears and and yeah and it felt great too but it was just like oh my god i'm like i'm getting so tall but like you're not um but that was yeah that was reminded of that like oh it's when you could really feel that difference so quickly but also it's a great um, way to replicate that sans what, you know 30 heck, pound well, backpack yeah, also yeah also like what the heck like, dad um <laughs> i don't know i don't know stephanie or terabang if you had some moments like that um, go on an was, elevator and then jump up when the elevator is about to land on you know no. when ascending or you know kind of squat when the elevator is descending um that was another one of my dad things that he liked to do um yeah. so i don't recommend that especially if you're in a historic hotel where the <laughs> elevator can easily stall when it's no, not when you don't you're... don't do it in a historical hotel that's yeah. just like hollywood How- tower of terror exactly from... and uh, no. we learned we learned that okay. but anyway so i was just curious about you know or interrogating or you know stephanie has there any been any kind of things that have been on your mind any questions or things you've been pondering about yeah, this this week is uh, perhaps a little, a little out of the ordinary for me, for you perhaps, but I I feel like I think about this fairly frequently. Uh-huh. What have you ever thought about? You know, if you could travel back in time, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, you, you're prevented. You've got you've got vaccines. You know, you're not gonna get smallpox or anything. You okay, so we have me- some like given 
conditions that are like kind of protecting you to yeah yeah okay so what so what are they again sorry like you know you've got you've got vaccines so you're not going to die of you know dysentery or you know any any of the bad diseases they've got rampant in the old world mm-hmm. um you, you, and as well as it will you 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 will not transmit any yourself correct, like correct. you're bringing for whatever reason you got a good like infection-free bu- bu- bubble here okay <laughs> okay <laughs> you you know you don't you don't mind the horrible food that they have um or or you know the water you're not gonna get dysentery mm-hmm. um you know you don't you don't mind the smell of the lack of bathing you know once every that the, that the people in the olden times used to bathe like once every two years sure if that yeah. if that yeah you know so so all the you know old uncomfortable thing you know no air condition mm-hmm. um or central heating the modern yeah comforts yeah. so okay so you travel back in time right and you're you're pretty as, much you, as your current with, self as your current self and you're pretty chill with you know everything that they've got going on but you could bring back like one modern invention to any mm-hmm. time any people's any individual person and like introduce them to this technology you're not going to be burned as a witch or you know <laughs> um you know taken as a heretic or you know some someone crazy um or maybe maybe that is kind of part of the charm <laughs> yes like, what, what would you... i'd love to be publicly executed for like causing um, chaos yeah for just introducing something like a post-it note <laughs> <laughs> to to like a tablet cuneiform that would be era. disruptive though of like yeah thin paper like that like what yeah and it like sticks to things if you want you know that yeah. I mean, adhesive yeah and you can have like like so something like that like what would you bring and you know it could be multiple scenarios multiple situations you know but I always find it kind of fun if you know your brain's kind of got nothing to do what would you bring and what what effects would it have on the people there at the time you know perhaps we yeah. think about repercussions later but yeah that's a that's a great question because for me just hearing you just kind of go through the question i have like three different categories that came up in my mind yeah go for it one was like you know the the weight of the world again weight the weight of the world is on your shoulder and so you need to bring one thing you know like, like you know, when aliens visit like what is the one thing they should find to like to help them learn the most about humankind sure like you what is a single object you could bring that would be the most informative it doesn't have to be it's self-explanatory be it could be something frivolous too. exactly so that's my second category so okay. yeah the first one gotcha. is like what is the most informative mind-blowing you know neatest revolutionary revolutionary thing yeah. to bring back second thing is yeah, it could literally it could be <laughs> just the silliest little specific item, kind of like even we said the post-it notes. That just like it seems so minor, but it actually yeah, we'd like to be broken Imagine down. Newton with the slinky. Yeah, it'd be like, crazy. Figure out the apple thing. Then it's the third there. thing, which is just <laughs> the third category that, at least for my mind, was like for for people who in their lifetime did not feel that their works of art were being recognized yeah and, and they died oh. feeling that you know and un- unloved undeserved. unloved so i'm thinking yeah. of like edgar Allan poe like tortured uh, souls tortured souls or like you know um you know uh, van gogh i believe as well was another yeah person that was absolute tragedy 
and so, and, but even those who were like possibly quite renowned at their time of life, but just knowing like, like Isaac Newton, like, can you imagine um, being told that, you know, centuries later, you're like such a common name? Yeah. Um, but it just, it would just make me feel really good, like soul, soul food, food for yeah. the soul. Yeah. Um, to like, just be able to let that person know. And I don't know whether it would be bringing like the modern version of, or maybe, you know, they had, they developed a theory and I'm like, well, this is like your theory, but in like actual, like manifested. Like Einstein. And then he like predicted the existence of black holes. Yeah. And like, then like there's the image or yeah, there's, like, there's, there's, there's some simulation in- you could prove or whatever. Like or, last year or something that came out. Yeah. And also like, I like the idea of like what you're saying. So there's no weight limit. Like, could I bring like a space shuttle with me? Yeah, sure. I was going to like, like rolling into ancient Rome. On their like famous roads, just like yeah, like give them a bulldozer so they can you know like pave roads quickly, or even better, right? Um, for the uh, pyramids of Egypt or Stonehenge, Stonehenge. Instead of them having to lug all those crazy huge, you know, giant weighted tons of stone, Mm -hmm. bring in like a crane or (laughs) something. I got got this, everyone. Everyone, step back. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, like over time the tire tracks they'd go away. You know, it's got it's got the treads, so you know, grass oh, I see, grow yeah. over. So, you know. Um, but wouldn't wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Instead of them having to lug it over with like lumber and roll it through there. But I kinda like it being also just for the moment, just to have that moment time. So you wouldn't have to stress like you said about like affecting the whole timeline of the world like you could just have like a single day yeah like nobody nobody tells you know what 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 happens here doesn't doesn't really leave yeah we'd have we could do the what's the the men in black memory eraser little yeah light pen there and that's why people are questioning what happens yeah and even like i feel like you know it'd be nice to even to be fair like i would even forget the day you know it would just be the thing that everyone just forgets yeah. But in the moment, just in the present moment, it would be just this exchange. And also, I would just assume that we could speak the same language. So yeah, they would you know, no, be yeah. able to, but it would also be neat, though, if we didn't. And there'd have to be this, like, pe- peaceful, <laughs> please. But, like, <laughs> how, would you, how would you explain um, the modern, like, you know, the combustible engine without, like, speaking? Like you're just Fire, like boom yeah you're just like making mo- yeah um, but even if you make motions is that that doesn't really mean yeah. anything to someone who doesn't know what you're you know what the item you're referring to as exactly so to test kind of your knowledge or understanding of like uh, of something yeah could you explain it without words but just the like physical demonstration of some kind yeah. of nonverbal mm-hmm how about, how about, right, like, uh, you know, Rosetta Stone in Egypt famously has, like, three ancient languages. I think it's, like, I could be wrong, like, Egyptian, Phoenician, and Greek, I believe. Um, but what if, right, as they were creating Rosetta Stone, or perhaps before the creation of Rosetta Stone, you came and brought your, you know, um, super powerful computer. I say powerful in that the battery never dies, and you perpetually mm-hmm. internet or the Rosetta Stone software loaded into it. But you could show them any language in the world that, you know, Rosetta Stone, the software has. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, show them Chinese. Well, they have, I guess, Silk Road Chinese. But, you know, um, just other other cultures and, and stuff they would know nothing about. And yeah, like, I'll be like, hey. yeah, just wait, this is coming. Um, and maybe that's what propels them to start, you know, with those three language connections for their version of the Rosetta Stone. <laughs> 
I mean, I know, I know that the modern version was originally named after the old version, but what if it were the other way around? I feel like an airplane ride, like a, like a trans-oceanic airplane ride. Who would you bring? And what, what kind of airplane? Are we talking like biplanes, like Charles Lindbergh? Amelia no, Earhart, no, like the full like Airbus. Yeah. With, with, you know, and fully staffed with, with, you know, the, the, the current crew. Yeah. Um, so be, yeah, as if it's a modern plane, modern flight. Um, who would I bring? I don't know. Would I bring different people all together? Like, or would like, I, a, like a party. Yeah, but they're all different. Or would I bring like a single kind of group, like, you know, like a single tribe or something? And like That's everyone an open-ended kind of, question, so feel free yeah, to bring everybody. Anyway. Where everyone knows each other or something. Um, but just the idea of like, how fast it is and how and also like understanding like wait we're like flying in the air so there incorporates like that whole concept of an, of an engine um and like the height which is i'm gonna see da vinci in one of those because you know he's tried so hard in his whole life to come up with like so many different flying machines oh yeah and then not getting and above however many feet right i like think just... a few i think a few were like okay but they just weren't like yeah. i think viable for the long term you know mm-hmm. they, they were like more gliders i think yeah yeah so and he usually there's kind of like a pedal system wasn't it yeah i mean someone's gonna tire out right yeah whereas if you have like jet fuel engines wow yeah <laughs> you know go across the world i think that would be a sight to see well and in addition continuing on with kind of the 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 amount of distance, yes, yeah, going to a moon, going to the moon, or going to the bottom of the marina trench, and being, you know, like seeing the bottom of the ocean floor, but also on a micro scale, like showing, like, you know, an electron microscope, and like trying to explain what they're seeing, like this is you know, when things like, you know, the atomic theory might not have been around yet, like you could like I don't know, like pluck your hair and like, so you see the hair and you see it go underneath the lens mm-hmm. and then like you see it up close. You can see like the little cells or something like that would be, yeah, I think that also be really powerful as well. You know, people on like the nanotech side, they're making tiny little like molecules and some scientists are making smiley faces just because they can't or stick man f- figure animations just because they can <laughs> with like tiny little electrons or, you know, small wow. quantum particles. It's great. <laughs> That's really cool. <gasps> yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. And Tara Bang is just trying to f- trigger anything for you. Any thoughts that maybe you've thought about this question already? This is a question I think I've come across already before, but it's always nice, I think, to revisit it periodically just yeah. to see, you know, because maybe something new has come out or maybe you just have a different perspective or a different idea uh, to bring in. Um, like if, what if you brought one of the, like something as, you know, innocuous as one of those like Yankee candles, like the, the ones that, you know, you can buy from you know, grocery stores, right? You know, for your home scents, they've got like vanilla fragrances and, you know, you know, it's, it's got a wide variety of smells, right? And you bring it back to, like, the Viking days <laughs> where they have to really hunt and gather and, you know, like, pillage and, you know, do all kinds of rough stuff in order to survive. And then you bring them this commodity mm-hmm. <laughs> that, you know, to us, it's, it's just like a small creature comfort, uh, you know, <laughs> 
and it's you know fire to them is very symbolic you know like there's the prometheus stories from you know i think like the greek roman legends i am so mm-hmm. bad at you know figuring out the the origins but you know like those stories were fire so important in you know establishing mankind civilization as they knew it right <laughs> now you have this tiny weak little you know flame that the sole purpose is to make you feel comfortable <laughs> because it's got a nice smell <laughs> and the the light looks pretty <laughs> yeah it's just an accessory item yeah yeah we don't need it yeah no. yeah one concept of time that we've had with travel as well yeah and then as well as like technology like with light and like yeah the day just can go on forever yeah i mean you've got leds that can last what like several hundred thousand hours now if you like get super wattage or something Mm -hmm. so you can have lights that go on just forever right yeah no that's like that's a that's a really good question um so i kind of want to flip it okay so we just talked about bringing something from the future into the past okay yeah and introducing it to an unknowing audience um what about the idea of bringing something from the past into the future and with you know, it not being a guarantee that the audience knows that it's from the past or not. And so for, I'm really just kind of, what I'm getting at is how a lot of times music. Um, ah, okay. Especially with, you know, uh, you know, um, having being electronic and kind of easy to transfer and move around and whatnot. Sample stuff, yeah. Exactly. So sampling. So how, um, so there's, you know, there's modern covers of older songs. Yep. That are, that, that we're talking about um, just sampling snippets or just kind of warping or just some kind of thing into modern songs and how it's kind of permeated through multiple genres not just a single genre a lot of times it can blend into the song so well or it's kind of snuck in it's just a small part so sometimes it might be just in the beginning or a certain part or maybe it's just kind of throughout the whole song um i've got to say this is probably one of my most favorite genres just because it, it i like it too. yes it's like a memory test of like hold on this is actually- that, but it like mm-hmm. pays atten- it, it pays homage to perhaps not the masters but like gives a little wink to the future you know to the past for helping it you know like progress into the modern day or future you know mm-hmm. like it, it's kind of like paying respects to like your ancestors you know or just kind of like giving a little nod to the people who started it all right yeah no i totally agree um yeah and i just think it's neat because it's a way some i mean depending on the time interval between the older and the newer song uh you know sometimes it's only a couple decades Mm -hmm. um and uh sometimes it's hundreds of years hundreds of years exactly (laughs) um and so sometimes it's like you know you can kind of bond with someone who's just you know a few years older than you and it's a different generation perhaps mm-hmm. um and so i kind of like that so stephanie and i kind of were talking about this earlier today and uh we brainstormed a few i guess categories right yeah yeah we kind of organized it in a way and um it was kind of like 
coming up with things. Um, so why don't you start off and, and share some so so yours you can come up with. So the three categories that we have um, are like musics that have um, like samples of original old sort of classical music kind of like mentioned a little bit in the intro. Then there's uh, music that uh, kind of uses the uh, the old songs like kind of throughout the piece, but maybe it's like a, snip a snippet of the original classical piece. And then there, you know, the last category is like a full on homage to the original, like the whole thing is kind of a tribute to the original eponymous piece. Gotcha. Yeah, so we have a couple here um, we'd like to go through. So I'm a big fan of of Lady Gaga. I, can um, <laughs> I don't know if that's come up yet. Um, I had one last time with the fashion, I think. You're right, it has. Um, so two of her um, older songs, um, um, one being uh, Bad Romance, um, and then another one being Alejandro. So I kind of knew these songs when they first came out, but I think I kind of, upon further research and kind of like, you know, with time hearing all the other classical songs, I learned that they were kind of the, the very kind of beginning, like the introduction uh, of both these songs are actually from um, certain pieces. So uh, Bad Romance, I, I did discover um, kind of the, the beginning, um, kind of with, a, it's like, like this harpsichord section. Yeah. Um, it's actually from a, a Bach production. I don't know how to say this word. It's a fugue. Uh, Fugue, is fugue that and B minor, yeah. Okay, and uh, yeah, so Fugue and B minor, and it's a BWV 893, and it's from the Well-Tempered Clavier. Um, and so again, again, all these songs we will include in our Spotify list, just know. Um, but so, yes. we'll, and we'll include both the, the, the modern song as well as the one that it's sampled from. So kind of the beginning harpsichord, you might not, totally get and that's from better man six it's right before she really gets into the song but it's from there and then also um the introduction you, actually, you have to play it like double speed because the box song i'm i'm gonna be honest it's a pretty dry song <laughs> it's pretty slow yeah. compared to yeah. i don't know like some of his other you know big hits <laughs> so it's kind of um, obscure like why but there might be some story behind it perhaps i just don't know yeah no i don't i think it's just faster speed is just catchy yeah, and then the second, yeah, so Alejandro, um, I have is, I kind of looked up, it's from uh, Vittorio Monti's um, Sardos. Um, also known as Gypsy Dance. Yes, um, so it's something that's just, again, right in the beginning there. And then, um, do you have a couple, Stephanie, you wanted to share? Um, yeah, uh, there's a song by Mika called Grace Kelly, um, mm -hmm. and it's it's the it has a similar rhythm or, you know, the rhythm is based off of Rossini's um, Figaro song, Largo al Factotum um, from Barbara Seville, which I thought was kind of cool because you hear this, you know, Mika's song at first, at least that's how I was introduced to it. Um, and I didn't really clock that until I heard this, um, the, the Largo al Factotum. And I was like, oh, the, the beat and kind of like the rhythm of, yeah. you know, where he kind of, not stumbles, but just kind of like does a bit where it's like, da -da 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 -da, you know, it's, it's pretty rapid pace. Mm -hmm. um, and that's kind of like, there's a bit right before the, the guy is singing, Figaro, 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 you know, right before that part, it's also a very rapid pace. Um, and I thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, and, I, and I've seen, I've seen that opera in person. 
um, and that really helped to kind of cement in to me, yeah, the the songs that are, yeah, just kind of well, it's like Looney Tunes. It's you know, it's it's uh, operas a lot and Looney Tunes with Bugs Bunny and stuff. And so, but yeah, yeah I. I was able to kind of make that connection. I'm like, oh, that's where I've definitely heard this before. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then another one is "Never Forget" by Take That, which um, I don't know if you guys are too familiar with Take That. They're like a, a British pop band that was big in the '90s. Um, but the song is is quite poppy, you know, kind of in a different vein to Lady Gaga, like more in the '90s vein. But the very very beginning, they have a bit from Giuseppe Verdi's like "Tuba Miram" from his like mm-hmm. Requiem piece. Um, and it's very like grand and choral and you know orchestral and just very like full in your face um it sounds like uh, it's different from the balrog night and bald mountain piece but it's just very like in your face kind of song and then it kind of goes into this lovely angelic choral choir boy singing and then it like phases into their actual like pop song Mm -hmm. but it's kind of cool how they've got like three different things going on in that song and they kind of meld it together and it's just very interesting how you know they they kind of went through small different eras to get to get there right Mm -hmm. so that that was pretty cool yeah um and then i guess so jumping to the second section the the part where you know they kind of use a sample of a song of classical songs into modern songs but kind of consistently throughout the song um, there's a song, I keep saying song a lot, there's a piece <laughs> by uh, a, a band made up of three brothers, uh, so their initials together are AJR. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I didn't know that. I know they've yeah. been kind of popular recently, but I was, that's the it's story behind. It's like Adam, behind. Jack, and Ryan, I believe. Simple, cool. I like it. Yeah. Um, and they have a piece <laughs> called <laughs> The Good Part, and when I first heard it, I was like, this is so familiar. Like they have this bit that goes like, and then I was like, Oh, that that's, that's Bach something. Mm-hmm. Bach on, you know, on the G string. Air in the G string. Yeah. 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 Um, from like sweet number three or something. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, meant classically meant for cello or violin, you know, just string instrument. And they kind of played that, bit you know that motif over and over and over again Mm -hmm. um and that's kind of the backbone of the song uh and they like add lyrics to it or you know like kind of spiff it up a bit but essentially the chorus and everything just kind of goes back to that to that bit which i think is pretty cool Hmm. you had one too right uh yeah for this category um it's a you know it's a pretty popular like sports stadium song uh seven nation army by the white stripes that one and so um it, it's, it's an, i think it's kind of inspired by um anton bruckner's first movement of adagio allegro it's from um his symphony i believe it's number five in b flat major that's kind of where it's inspired from so interesting how i because now i feel it's become such a staple in yeah, modern society with, with the sports stadium chanting um, aspect of it, and it was very popular on the radio when it came out. You know, just kind of a regular uh, song there, but then it's really become immortalized through that. So I think that's pretty cool. 
and then kind of transitioning can i can i add Mm -hmm. a little thing to it so i was listening to this song earlier you know to add it to the spotify list yeah i mean the symphony is long it's like an hour and a half you play it from beginning to end you know Mm -hmm. all the movements this song comes in like pretty late in in like the first movement so you really um have to go through quite a bit before you hear it but then that's you can... what it usually is i remember when i saw handel's messiah in person yeah you know for the hallelujah it hall. builds up it's but like it builds it's up like it's it. like towards the end it's yeah. a whole hour plus in you catch that 30 second part that you know and that's it <laughs> so. luckily this one you don't have to soldier through the whole hour and a half i did that mm-hmm. for you you only get the first movement <laughs> but <laughs> Thank you. But you, but it's really interesting to see how like the piece kind of like dances around that mm-hmm. motif, right? And then eventually arrives to that like grand, you know, thing that we all know, right? But it kind of like does does little not inversions, but you know, kind of like has the minor version of it, and then like the augment. I'm probably using the wrong terminology because I haven't properly analyzed it, you know. But it's got like the different aspects of it where it sounds a little bit familiar, but not quite. You know, okay. and then it like goes and does, you know, its own thing and then comes back to that motif and does, it makes it sound similar again, but like in a slightly different way, but it's not, it's not quite there yet. And then the final resolution, like the very grand finale is the part that we know. And then it like goes and does its own thing, but like in a grand scale and, you know, it's really great, but uh, it's just, it's just fun to see how the piece, like it wants to get there, but it's not there yet. And then it wants mm. to get, yeah. So. I like um, that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um. Thanks for yeah, getting through all that to find the part that we were kind of <laughs> looking for. But it's always nice, so I think, to just, if you have time, to just kind of sit back and listen to, you know, a whole symphony all the way through. Because it's, you know, there's a kind of a reason for the different movements and the order of them and the progression. Yeah, and sometimes uh, tell a really interesting story. Yeah. Um, and so kind of the third category we have is, you know, just kind of just a general like, homage to the original song. Yeah. Um, so one that I had for this list uh, another artist who, who I like a lot, kind of a modern day crooner, I feel, songstress, uh, Lionel Del Rey. Um, I believe it's from her Ultraviolence album. It's The song is called Old Money, and uh, it's really based a lot on the Romeo and Juliet theme from the Zeffirelli film. Um, the song was done by Nino Roto. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I'm a I'm a very soulful person, so her rendition of it really moves me and makes me. It's very to, haunting. It's very haunting. It is. It's kind of like a reminds me of like Rosalka, um, or you know, like a weeping woman, kind of ghost who's like looking for her lost lover or something, yeah. and it's she's just, just kind of wandering around, and it's kind of ominous, but also very sad and forlorn. The song itself is very like I guess nostalgic you know like wistful and yes. Lana Del Rey's voice is already wistful exactly combine the two it's like yeah I can see where the tears <laughs> come from I'm just like I'm whenever that songs like that come on I'm immediately like um Snoopy in kind of the Peanuts the Charlie Brown episodes yeah. of whenever he's listening to the piano and Schrodinger's playing and yeah. I can just immediately just get into like just bawling yeah Oh, okay. I I resonate a lot with that. It's transported to like a foggy woods or something. Yes, immediately. (laughs) It's instantaneous for me. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, Kind of in contrast to that mood, I suppose, there is a, a DJ called Tiesto. Um, and he's he's pretty good. He's in electronic music, but he did a version of Samuel Barber's Adagio for Strings. 
Now, Adagio for Strings by Samuel Barber is very, it's another like pining song. It's like full of tension and, you know, like, you know, wanting. I'm not entirely sure what it's about, but it's just, it sounds like it's a very sad song and there's, you know, some very high pieces that just seem like it really wants to reach a certain place, but it's like, it doesn't mm-hmm. really get there until, mm-hmm. you know, like later on. Um, and Tiesto managed to sort of jazz it up, if you will, perhaps not in the jazzy sense, but, you know, in a way that it's it's a bop that you can dance to in the club. And I'm sure loads of people have like bopped to it, uh, but hadn't realized the origin. And I love this, you know, just because people have enjoyed it. I'm sure they enjoyed it back in the day, you know, back when it was Samuel Barber was going around and, you know, they're like, hey, this piece by Barber, you know, I, I could be ignorant. I'm sure he's done more, but. That's mm-hmm. the main one I know him for. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's he's a big guy. And then um, another sort of electronic like music is um, so sort of in your theme, right? Of of having uh, Lana Del Rey, you know, use a Zeffirelli film, you know, theme. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Alan Walker, you know, doing Hans Zimmer's Time as like a sort of a remix. I know time, I know Inception isn't that old. You know, it's only what the past ten years. I ten think years, coming up yeah. to the ten year anniversary. Um, but it was, ten I think, year, it was it was the summer of twenty ten it was released in theaters. Was it really? Oh my god. Yeah. I just remember I watched it two or three times in theaters. Yeah, no, that me summer. too. Yeah. Uh, but Hans Zimmer, I think, is probably the closest that we have to, you know what is a classical musician i mean no i'm doing a disservice to a lot of a lot of professional musicians out there i was I gonna mean, like say the, i was like i was like i don't know about no, that. no no okay um, I, I retract my statement but i mean like uh but very i mean very famous yes for, yes for that. Yeah, like big big composer of our modern era I, I guess you know he's done like lion king he's done inception interstellar Dun, dunkirk like a, a bunch of big big films that everyone loves and adores especially the soundtrack to the the dark knight trilogy mm-hmm. amazing um so alan walker's done a bit of a jazz up to hans zimmer's very slow time um and that that one's pretty interesting to hear as well mm-hmm. and um the last two i have are a little more different they're <laughs> they're entire albums um <laughs> i know i'm getting pretty greedy here but I just couldn't let go of them. Uh, so have you heard Pictures at an Exhibition in general by Modest Mussorgsky, Michelle? I've not. I don't know about Interrobang, though. So the premise is like, I think you're at some museum, an exhibition, if you will. Mm-hmm. And you see a bunch of different, I think like 12 or 13 different like uh, paintings or something. And so each painting has its own story. And so hence Pictures at an Exhibition. And so each piece each movement is kind of like based on that so there's like a troll under the bridge there's like a house that's got legs um it's very russian <laughs> like okay. i think russian folklore and um so mazorsky kind of made a piece based off of that and then a british group called emerson lake and palmer from i don't know a couple decades back they they did their own version of it and it's pretty kooky you know they they kind of added their own special modern take elements on it you know it's not 100 percent mazorsky stuff but it's definitely really fun um strange very strange the piece already is kind of strange but they made it even stranger Mm -hmm. and one of my favorite bits 
aside from you know their take on Mazorski is uh, at the very end like the very last track it's like a bonus track they have a song called the Nutrocker and it's like the Tchaikovsky's uh, Nutcracker uh, theme uh-huh. and have you heard this one it's very no very zazzy it's okay uh, incredible they've got like i think electric guitars drums and you know someone's like shouts <laughs> halfway in the middle but it's so joyous and you know it's it's definitely a song like you can see little kids you know around christmas day <laughs> you know the grandparents will be like oh yes this is like the tchaikovsky's theme i'm very familiar and then the kids will be like yeah you know it's, it's one <laughs> of those where all the generations can share and appreciate i think mm-hmm uh, that's so that's, that's yeah, a little I'll bit check of a fun one. one. Yeah, I'll listen to it on our playlist for sure. Yeah. And then last one, I think, is such a classic. It, it marries old and new so harmoniously, so well. I think it's like my favorite of all these combined. Um, it's it's Max Richter's take on Vivaldi. So it's Vivaldi yes. composed. Yes, this one's really good. Yes. So what this guy has done. He's taken Vivaldi's four seasons, right? Each movement, you know, spring, summer, autumn, winter, and then broken it down into maybe a couple pieces each. Um, and then kind of taken the heart of what Vivaldi was intending for, you know, the original four seasons, but like reconstituted, kind of broke it down and then rebuilt it back up. So it's not always using the exact same motifs or notes or something, but you definitely get the spirit of it. And it does, you hear, you know, more than a hint of what it used to be, but then there's like birds twittering and it's not just birds twittering, like the, the melodies have changed. It's, the flow is a little bit different, but you know what it used to be and you know what it is supposed to be now. Mm. And it's just so beautiful. Like I, I could listen to this on loop just i think i have when i when i'm on planes i think continental back when continental was a thing they used to you know have the four seasons you know, as you come in so you know all the passengers would feel ease with flying you know because it's a very peaceful <laughs> calm song at least the spring part winter can yeah, get a little hairy yeah winter's not just like that but i see what you're saying though mm-hmm. but it's a great you know i used to have kind of like uh, a little anxiety when flying and so i'd listen to like the the whole four seasons on loop and this is like the replacement to it it's like so similar but different i think is the best way of of calling it that's interesting because i know united airlines i think they yeah. use rhapsody in blue have they changed it yeah okay it's been like that for yeah george gershwin's and i i have a fear of flying mm-hmm. always and i used to like that song and then when they started using that i don't know Turned you off ten or so years ago. I, I, yep, I just get like immediately freaked out and repulsed now, and I can't listen to it anymore. I uh, love but it, it. It does not comfort. I, but I can definitely recognize their effort, like you're yeah. saying, to make it kind of seem more relaxed and at ease. But it it's does... it's a bit of a energetic piece in some places. Mm-hmm. It's just a little snippet that they use. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I mean, there's worse songs you could pick, but it just does not have the desired effect for me, at least. I always remember Rhapsody in Blue as a song in one of the Disney Fantasias, I think from like 2000. Yes, that's right. Like I think that's right. New York City. watching it as a kid on VHS yeah. or something. Yeah. Really dates this VHS. <laughs> I, I like VHS. I still have, um, at my parents' place, I still have asked them to hold on to it. Cause I just like the feeling of like rewinding through them and, and playing them. And I think I just like the quality that they have. I don't know. <laughs> my, my mom 
disagrees with my decision asking of her to hold on to <laughs> several dozen but i they're not I, small they're not small. no they kind of <laughs> add up in space but i i do hope one day i can yeah when i'm uh, you know more settled in i can get some you know dig up on ebay or somewhere uh, a vhs player and yeah and play vcr <laughs> yeah um no, but no. Thanks for sharing all that, Stephanie. And yeah, it's definitely a good ending note there. Yeah. Oh, with that last piece suggestion, and yeah. So, like I said, in Terabang, you know, we'll definitely be posting all these songs. You don't have to fret about like the spelling or There's anything. There's so many. Yeah. No. Yeah. And then again, also, invitation is always open if you would like to have any suggestions because there's so many songs that sample each other that you know, these are just ones that we kind of know personally um, and could recall off the top of our head and then just to kind of look, looked into it a little bit more just to fact check ourselves um but if there's songs that you were like yeah you know what it's kind of a surprise you might not know but this song actually sampled you know sampled something um from before uh we'd love to uh hear from you so yeah you can always email us or or tweet us uh with that suggestion um and so i think yeah with all this kind of moving forward moving back in time that we've kind of been touching on um i think it's also nice to kind of just appreciate all that has been created and will be created mm -hmm. and just being grateful for the opportunity to be able to kind of receive from past generations and past people's work um to use as inspiration or building blocks and um you know having previous knowledge just helps a lot into you know, increase more learning. Isn't more there like an Isaac Newton quote that's like, I stand on the shoulders of giants? Is it Newton or Gal one of those people? I feel like that's Galileo. Okay, yeah, it's one of the scientist people. <laughs> um, I'm not sure. Um, I feel like it is. Um, yeah, so so our work, you know. Actually, no, I, I lied. It is Isaac Newton. I just checked. Excellent. In a letter to Robert Hooke in 1675, Isaac Newton made his most famous statement. Uh, if I have seen further, it is by standing on the shoulders of giants. And so, yes, yeah, often used to symbolize scientific progress. So maybe that's the weight, bringing it full circle, Michelle. Mm hmm You know, the why you feel weighted because, you know, the future is going to stand on your shoulders. All our shoulders. All of our shoulders. There we go. I love that. With that, and Terbe, thank you uh, so much for joining us, Stephanie. It was great to spend time with you again. Yeah. Cheers. Really like this. Really like this chat. It was great. Uh, all the best to everybody. Yeah. Take and care. Have a good time. Have a yeah, have a good time. Take care. <laughs>